and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. I am so excited today that you're here in the studio because listen, we have some special guests and today our theme is rocking out, man. I'm dressed like a rocker because I got my friends in town that are rockers. My friend Joyce Ooh. and Les Carlson from Yay. the band Blood Good. Annie, hello, wow. I'm so Annie. excited you're here. We're excited to be here. And, yeah. and today we're gonna bring you real, raw, relevant issues from the rock world. Yeah, BC you know and AC. Yes, BC and AC, BC and that and means AC. before Christ and after, well, right? Yeah. After and now, Christ, yep. and in now Christ. Christ. Now. Present. So some of you are like, wow, these people, I mean, who are they? And some of you might know Blood Good, but I personally, I met you less. Mm -hmm. When when Oz brought me to a coffee a coffee date somewhere yeah. in Cali, and I can't remember if we had just gotten married or not. Well, I don't either. I don't remember. Okay, but so anyway, it, but the first so we, time we, we met knew was, you way before. Yeah, because you Oz met has us. a big mouth, <laughs> and he likes to share about the love of his life, which was yeah, me, yeah, yes, and absolutely. is me. So, mm -hmm. so he told me about uh, the band, and I was like totally amazed and. Uh, and he's like, I'm in this band. And I was like, man, how many bands are you in? You're in Striper, you're in Blood Good, what's going on? <laughs> so I loved meeting you because you were just so full of energy and just full of life. And I would just say the Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit was upon your husband, yep. Joyce. Oh, yeah. Less. So I nicknamed him White Ghost Ninja. And no, no reason except for the fact that he has white hair. And yeah. it's the wisdom of God, obviously, that, that's right? That's going to be the name of his solo album. <laughs> and, and these moves, of course. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I met him and I was just, wow, this is, this is a real cool guy and I can't wait to meet Joyce. And finally I got to meet you. And I remember watching Blood Good, uh, the DVD from... The it, Rock Theater Show. Yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. But also the first one I saw was when you guys were in Europe with Oz when he had oh. short hair. Uh-huh. Yeah, live, live, in live in Norway. Live in yeah. Norway. And that was an incredible concert. And actually what touched me the most, and you guys will hear more about what they do, is the, the lyrics to all the music. Yeah. They were so uh, hitting my heart. And yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, this is like, he's singing the Bible. Like he's literally singing the Bible. Like what happened to Jesus, the crucifixion. Messiah. You know, exactly. Messiah. Oh man. And, and. Uh, People the, get saved during that song. It's so incredible, right? I just, so anyway, all that to say, I first want to talk about, because I know we mentioned Blood Good, but I want to talk about Joyce and Les, because there is a union here that happened how many years ago? Uh, we met 50. in like 70, 70. Yeah, 50 years. We were, we were 12. <laughs> yes, no. you were 12 years old. <laughs> Still virgins. Uh, no. We had 12, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, we met in the... In, we we in were uh, in the American Tribal Love Rock musical, Hair. He was... Let uh, the sun shine. Oh let gosh, let the sun shine. Yeah. The sun shine. Oh my that, gosh, I remember that. that song. So I was in the Boston show. He okay. was in on Seattle the other show. coast, Seattle and then Miami. And then they put two road tours together and we got cast in the same road show. That's how we met. What was that show about? What was its focus? It was about a bunch of hippie kids in New York. So you, go, you guys lived, were that? Yeah. We were well, that. Yeah. That, you were just yep. playing your real life story, basically. Pretty yeah, much. Basically. Yep. And they were, at that time, uh, we were in Vietnam, and so they were sort of in that protest thing yeah. about yeah. not wanting to be in Vietnam. Nothing that we don't know Peace about now, is it? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, 
it's a very powerful play, really. Yeah, it was, it was protesting the establishment, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, a, a lot of what is happening now, right now. on the, the real extreme left, that's kind but of But it was. wasn't, you know, it wasn't a godly show, obviously. No. Um, yes, because you both were on stage, not wearing any clothes. Well, at one on point. One, right. one, the scenes. one scene. There's one and, scene, and, and we're singing uh, beads, beads, flowers, freedom, freedom happiness. happiness. And and coming up from this this parachute, and you know, yeah, we're naked, standing in front of thousands of people, and um, just basically that symbolized freedom. And And in the eyes of the world, rebellion, being radical, right? Drugs, rock and roll, and sex, and homosexuality, everything Everything and anything, everything that is not godly, right? Which, by the way, when we do that, obviously, you know. It's hedonism, and it's do what you want, do what you feel. Mm-hmm. It's basically as long as Satanism. it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, that's, oh. actually, that's actually a scene in the show. Margaret Mead said, as long as they don't hurt yeah. anyone. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> what well, if it hurts you? you know, what, what, if it, actually, what if you hurt yourself exactly, by doing that? <laughs> but they don't think that way. Yeah, you we know, didn't churches think that way then. would picket the show. Right, yeah. And I was a young guy. I was like 20, 21. And I was like, What? Why are they doing that? This yeah. is really a good show. I mean, we're just saying peace, peace and love. love. But I didn't know. I didn't know Jesus, you know. Okay, so that's what I want to kind of get get into. How did that happen? I know both of you, at least one of you anyway, was doing drugs. Oh, we both were. You both were, right? Yeah. Just, you were doing yeah. cocaine and what else? Yeah. Just a little bit of pot, no, drinking. A lot of pot, cocaine. I used to do a lot of psychedelics when okay, I was in high school. Acid? I, a lot of acid, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. And I kind of, yeah, I did it. But not in hair so much. We did mushrooms. Mm-hmm. We did psilocybin. Yeah. What's psilocybin? I don't know. Uh, it, I it's can't a, it's mu- mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. And then there's something called MDA. That I think oh now my gosh, is ecstasy. Super famous. It's ecstasy yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MDA is ecstasy. Yes, yeah. we used to do that too. It's the light effect drug. It's it cha- changes the colors yeah. of the the aura of your eyes, all that. And when you're doing drugs, you don't actually you're you're in a different reality, an totally. alternate reality. So you don't even you don't, really realize. I, I have what to your say that I today I was like, you know what? I want to talk to Les and Joyce. In my mind, I'm like, you know, Holy Spirit, show me something about my past to relate mm-hmm. to them. One of the things that I felt that was really powerful about drugs in my life at the time was the highs and the lows. So for me to understand my lows, I had to get high and then come down and then realize I needed some more drugs. Yeah. But when you get to that place where now you're overdosing, mm. there's nowhere else to return to. Yeah. Either you die and overdose or you choose another lifestyle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the low that I got to. So what happened with both of you like, you guys were doing drugs, you guys were touring. I mean, it must have been crazy. Like, I can't imagine the fly on the wall, backstage, everyone's having a party, everyone's doing lines, people are doing whatever, they're getting on stage, dancing, singing, come back, let's do another two. Orgies. 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 Okay, that was very, very Popular, common in the yeah. 60s and in the 70s. 60s, yeah. Swinging. And today they call it swinging. But okay. Oh, you weren't doing that we last? We were on drugs, so... <laughs> Were you guys part of the? I mean, I'm just going to keep no, it 100. You know, this is real raw relevant issues on our show. Yeah. Were yeah. you guys part of the orgies? We we were. I, I wasn't. I, I don't remember one. Okay. Well, confession time. Ooh. We we were at a place. Ooh. Well, and that was really before we got together. Then when mm. we actually got together and 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 oh, realized we God, were going to be a couple, there was some. Uh, we let's let's put it this way: had we not met Jesus. We, we, we probably wouldn't be together. 
he saved our marriage. That's what I want to talk about. But I, I do want to say this, that, you know, people that are in the world, they are looking. Explain to people they're that are watching truth. right now, what does what that mean? The world? They're, mean? they're looking for truth. And so... People that just don't have world. any spirituality, yeah, right? That they, just don't believe in God, don't right, believe in any morals. Doesn't matter, though. They, inwardly, are drawn to their creator. They just yes. don't know it. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking for something. So when they go to drugs, they're trying to get more out of Closer. life. Closer. They really are. Closer. And mm -hmm. I mean, until you meet the master, until mm -hmm. he actually crashes into your life, and, and he does that in a gentle way, but when you are, when you have that revelation that he's real, you are transformed immediately. And then you understand the truth that you need to be real and to be full and to be normal. It's normal to follow Christ. It's normal to believe in Jesus. So anyway, that's, that's what everybody yeah. needs. And he's what everybody needs. Right. So how do we get there? Uh, in the midst yeah, let's, of... Let's start the story. Yeah. So anyway, we're... we're, we're how many years now, by the way, has this been going on that before this That was in 83, I think we got saved. Yeah. So you yeah, guys were so... doing this tour for like almost a decade? Well, well no. we were playing clubs up in the Northwest. Okay. We now, only we... did the tour till like 72, and then we started doing nightclubs. And we had a band, and the two of us did this yeah. show. And there was we, it was pretty erotic, actually. There what, people what was the come. band called? Um, Did you have another Carlson Mason? Carlson Mason. And then it was Sticker and a few different things. Okay. But people would come to the show and they'd, they'd, they'd tell us, they'd say, we go home and we have sex and we pretend that we're you. Whoa. That's, yeah. yeah, so we were really theatrical. We did. We actually were choreographed by Kenny Ortega, the guy okay. that uh, has done all the high yes, school. Yes, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Did one number Michael for Jackson. Us. Yeah. Right. Well, he was in hair with us. And so he did choreograph. He did more than one. Yeah, number. he gave us a lot of ideas. Um, and so we were really fun to watch. And uh, it was back in those. Uh, you guys still are fun to watch, by the way. <laughs> Hopefully, it's, this is fun too. I mean, you know. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we had a band, and we we really packed people into those clubs to come see the show. And we at one point needed a new keyboard player, and so we set up auditions, and we auditioned a guy that came in, he looked great, he played guitar, played keyboards, he had good gear, had, he could sing, and he was just wonderful and so easy to work with, well prepared. Can, can I just mention, interject real quick? Go ahead. That um, we had exhausted everybody we knew. We knew all the musicians in the Northwest, and we had exhausted everyone, there's nobody. And this guy just came out of the clear blue. We said, where did you come from? Where did you guys yeah. find him? Well, you know, he was in another world. He was in a world uh, that believed in Jesus, but we didn't but know I mean, that. Christian guys, music. How did you guys find him, though? He, well, he, he auditioned. He contacted oh, us. He, just, he, he said, you I guys heard put you're looking. Out. Okay. Heard you're looking so for. He, yeah, and he told us. He said, I really felt led to do this. I really felt that God wanted me to get in your band. And you're like, okay. But, but he didn't tell us that right away. Yeah, of so course. He's in our he was, band. He's, in, he's we going under the radar at this great point. And he's like, this is awesome. Where'd you come from? Out of the So I've been in this band and this band, this band. Never heard of them. Uh -huh. They were all Christian bands. Yeah. So we whatever he had, I was like, man, this guy's got something. He, I don't he know lit why. Up like he, I, don't know. I didn't know because I didn't know Just Jesus. And I went to him one day and I said, Don, what is it with you, man? He goes, What's uh, your problem, bro? Yeah, I mean, it was like, what is it? You know, because we used to say, Don, you want to go out and you smoke, don't smoke some weed? You smoke pot with us. You don't do the fun. Want to do some uh, coke right. with We us? still like you, but. Yeah, anyway, so I said, You would ask him, you? let's do coke. Let's go get Yeah, and he'd go, no, you guys go ahead. 
Oh, wow. But he we never, didn't know. He yet. never said anything about anything like that. And I said, so what's with you, man? Why are you different? He goes, well, I have a relationship with Jesus. And I went, okay. I did the Michael Jackson moonwalk about <laughs> 10 feet back, you know. And I thought, I thought, okay, why did I react that way? I was so attracted to whatever he had. Mm-hmm. And when I found out it was Jesus, I was like, whoa. And that one movement made me think, oh my gosh, there must be something to this Jesus. So uh, yeah. we asked more questions. I, he gave me a book called More Than a Carpenter, and I believe he gave you one as well. Yep. And what Same was book. Happening? We shared it. I have that book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is an awesome book. It, absolutely. Um, I, I, if you haven't read it, 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 it changed our lives. Yeah. And it could change yours too, of course. The Holy Spirit so good. has to be there yeah, with the right. revelation. But um, anyway, do... Well, we were hide- I was hiding the book from her because I was being drawn to the Holy Spirit and I didn't really know what was happening to me. And I'm reading this and I'm falling in love with Jesus after I read that Jesus was God yeah. in the flesh. I'm Same like, thing's happening to me. Nobody and, told me that. And our lifestyle is like, oh right. gosh, I don't want him to think I'm turning goody two-shoes all yeah. of a sudden. You know, it's just, it was like really weird. How am I going to because... tell Joyce that I, I'm in love with Jesus? Okay, stop that right there. Because that's what we're going to start with when we come back. Okay. We'll be right back, you guys. This is just super fascinating. But not only that, it's just the revelation of God's love is happening right now in this story. So stay tuned. Hi, friends. It's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair, and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here? The peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much. I am Annie Lobert, and this is my world, Annie's Pink Chair. Everyone, you know what? Pink is my color. It's my power color. So is purple. But today, we're having heavy revelations. Of course, at our studio, at our show, we bring you real relevant issues. And today, we're having revelations from the Holy Spirit. My friends, Les and Joyce, uh, they were talking earlier about you guys both were reading more than a carpenter separately. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you weren't telling each other. Now, did you guys both get the book together or was it separate? Yeah. That he I, I gave think, it to you. I think he gave me the book because um, I had been asking him. We both of us had been asking him questions separately about Christianity. Well, what is this about? You say, you know, you talk right. about him as if you know him, mm-hmm, as if he's mm-hmm. your friend. And he goes, yeah. So anyway, he gave us the book and then I'd read and put it down. And then I'd see he was, re- he'd read it and put it down, but we were being kind of well, sly about you it. You know, as you know, I, I, we have separate lives, separate stories, even though we're together. So I, I don't really, 
I remember it pretty much like that, but I do remember mostly that I was hiding the fact that I was reading yeah. the book. So in, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was not wanting to let her know, but I was, I was like this, like, you know, I, I was in, falling in love mm-hmm. with someone I couldn't even see. I, I knew it was Jesus, and I just had this attraction to him, and I was mm-hmm. this is weird. And I didn't want to tell her that, but... Uh, I guess we met in the kitchen one afternoon because we didn't get up till about one o'clock. Yeah, because we worked nightclubs, and, and so and uh, we'd get up at one or two. I think I said to Joyce, you know, Joyce, Jesus. You, he, yeah, he had the book in his hand. He came in and he said, I, I, "Jesus I was God in the flesh." And, and he said, "What? And you? What do you think of this book?" And and I said, "Well, I think knowing that Jesus was God in the flesh means that we're never going to be the same, but." What do we do? That, I mean, seriously, it's like some, something has to change. Right. Yeah. But what do we do now? So we went to Don that night at the club and said, okay, we've been reading it. We're convinced that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He walked on this earth. He wrote things in a book. He said things mm-hmm. that were written down. And we know that we're supposed to do something because we have to change, but we don't know what it is we're supposed to do. And he said, it's simple. Just surrender your lives to Christ. Just tell him that you want him to be in control of your life. You want him to be the king, that you recognize that he was Mm. God Mm. and give him permission to work inside you and change you and live inside you. And and the change will come. So what what do we do? So we got down on our our knees knees in our bedroom and we asked Jesus to become our Lord and to be a, a savior and to forgive us. And we told him how, how messed up <laughs> our lives were and how we screwed this up and how, how we were really sad that we'd messed up our lives. And embarrassed, really. I mean, oh we pulled out, we asked him to, to come change us, do whatever you have to do, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Right, we're, right, right. we're surrendered. Yeah. Do anything you want to do. To, to make us new and fresh and right. forgive us so, and change us. So we looked at each other and I saw a, a new wife. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's like, it's like be, what they say about being born again. Right, right, right. It's new like eyes. We, we had new eyes yeah. for each other. When I looked at him, I fell madly in love with him again because I saw Jesus in him. Right. And this was a man that, that and, you know, a relationship that was on the rocks. Mm. And, and I couldn't believe the difference. It's like everything seemed to clear up vision. Right. And we realized that we were brand new. It's like, I said, yeah. honey, we're virgins. <laughs> we're virgins. I feel clean. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so clean. Mm-hmm. I don't have any guilt. There's yeah. no shame. There's not, it's like we've got a do-over. Yeah. So I went up to the Bible bookstore and bought the Bible. Bible for her. And a Bible for me, good thick ones, you know, and uh, NIVs, and um, brought them home. And we're still in the nightclubs, you know, and we started reading the Bible. Just devouring the Word. We couldn't stop reading the Bible. I mean, that's all we wanted to do. Now, we had not gone to church. We got saved from this guy coming right. into our band into the bar, right? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and we would read the Word all day, all day, and then go to work. And on the breaks, we started bringing our Bibles to the to the to work. And on the breaks, 
you know, I'd be reading the Bible. So I used to be doing lines of cocaine. Now I'm doing lines of John, lines of Galatians, you know, <laughs> reading lines from the Word of God and getting yeah. my life and, and from yeah. there. And we didn't have to try to stop drugs. I mean, uh, we used to, I used to bring a bottle of tequila to work with me. And on the breaks, we'd do, my hand was chapped from so much lipping and licking, wow. you know, the salt. We, we weren't drinking. We weren't doing drugs. Our band members were looking at us like, what, what happened? Did it happen? Of course, Don Garberg, the keyboard player, he knew. Yeah. You know, but the rest of them didn't. Yeah. Know. So it was an instantaneous delivery. And just God just, I think at that time, God just really started grooming him for, for the call that he mm-hmm. had on his life. Mm-hmm. We had an 18-year-old son. And when our eyes were open to the reality of Christ, they were also re- open to the reality of the devil. We started looking at our son's record collection and the covers and some of the artwork and, and the lyrics, which today are so far worse than they were then, thinking, wow, the devil's real. The devil's the enemy, and he's after our kid, then yeah. our 18-year-old right, son. Right. He's, he's after- such an idiot. Yeah. Then he attacked us. Right. Really big time. He really exposed himself. He was so real. He would come to us in the middle of the night. I'd wake up in a dream and see her and see this hag. And I'm going, what is going on? And then Jesus would be like, no, I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. And he was pulling us. He was so real then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said things to me I will not say on the show. I'm not going to say it. But he was so pressing in like, you, you know, like, you can't get away from Because he was me. losing us. Yeah. I needed you in my thing, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. And but I had this you were one piece. of his generals. Oh, oh yeah. yes, I, because I, you're I, in the entertainment. A, and the a music lot industry. of people were influenced, yeah. just like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a big rank there, I guess. Yep, yep, yeah. But anyway, he was he became so real that I went, oh yeah, okay, I really see this battle for our soul, and uh, you know, so we we knew there was the adversary right away. But we always Jesus talk about gave spiritual us warfare. That, That's peace, the epitome of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we just we just started to grow in the Lord. I think we were saved probably for a few weeks before we went to church with a couple that um, uh, Bill and Linda McNally, who owned the the nightclub that we were the house band at for a long time. They'd been praying for us. Christians owning a nightclub, trying to figure out how to deal with that. But being a light in the darkness, right? They were they sold it eventually, but but they were a light in the darkness. You know, those transitions, <laughs> right? You know. Right. So um, they were praying for us. So we said, "Hey, we want to go to church with you." And they, you know, they tell the the pastor, "Okay, they're coming, they're coming." And we get there, and they he does this whole evangelistic message, and at the end, the every eye closed, every head bowed. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, th- it's like no, don't. Do that? We're not supposed to put our light under the... Well, we just stood up. Yeah, we stood we up. We stood and up go, hey. and said, we'd just like to publicly say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. That we've accepted him and we want him to live in our hearts. That's why we came to church And today. that's it. That's why exactly. we're doing what we want. We want exactly. to proclaim it in front of the brothers and sisters. And so they, you know, took us aside and they were like, well, here's our little Bible. And they, and they would start talking to me scripture. And we were, we'd answer the scripture before they'd finish it. And they were like, What? Yeah, so they, they, they haven't read the testimony yet. <laughs> yeah, and I really think that that the reason why is because, uh, again, our son at eighteen, we realized that he was um, he was going down a road that was our road. I mean, we used to smoke pot with him, you know, when he was a teen. So anyway, and yeah, uh, we, speaking of that, parents today, some parents will do that. 
They'll drink with their kids. They'll party with their kids. They'll get high with their kids. They don't they know be the truth. They don't know. Right. Yeah. Jesus they even said, Father, forgive them. They don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Yeah, they need to be parents, not Thank friends. Thank you for that, Lord. But, but anyway, when we, when we went through this radical change, Jeff was really confused. I don't understand what just happened to you guys. But because of the way that we dealt with him as parents now, with grace and gentleness in place of you know some of the other mm-hmm. ways we used to act, he started to see that something was really transformed in us, and right. he got curious. Right. And... Yeah. Um, he yeah. actually got saved. Then one day he shows oh. me an album from this band from Southern California. Because he knows dad's a Christian now. But he sees this album called Striper. And I look <laughs> at it and I'm going, oh my God, there's a Christian heavy metal band. and Because he's saying, we got to do Christian I'm working with the Blood metal. Good Guys gotta... and I'm thinking, we're the only Christian metal band on the planet. And then Jeff shows me this album and he goes, oh my gosh. And then... Like the first gig that Bloodgood had was with Striper mm-hmm. at the Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or it was actually in Bellingham, and the second gig was in uh, the Paramount in Seattle. And Jeff went, and Jeff gave his heart to the Lord at a Striper Bloodgood concert. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So the, this whole thing really was surrounded around our, our son and the reality that this generation needs, needs to hear the truth, they need to hear the gospel. At that time, metal was so popular, and so that I think God had to raise him up fast because this was an emergency, and the Holy Spirit was flowing out all over the world. Christian metal bands started to pop up because the, the revival had to, had to be yeah. there. God wanted to reach those kids, and so that's where, why I believe we dove into the word as wow. intensely as we did. And I believe that's happening right now. There's a revival coming again, and I'm really excited about mm. it. But I want to talk about Blood Good before we go, because I want to segue that into our next show, because okay. obviously this cannot just be one. Mm-hmm. There's too much to talk about, you guys. Your story is like completely fascinating, and it made me cry, and I'm just really happy that you're here. And tell mm. us how... You guys met Bloodgood and, you know, how that transformed your life in a different place for, for, for performing. Okay. So if you want to just, just when did, when did the Bloodgood actually happen? Like, when did you meet Michael and okay, the rest of the so, band? Well, I had started, you know, we quit nightclubs and there's, a, you know, the story is long, but we don't have time. Uh, we but, have one and a half minutes. But it's all in a documentary called yes. Trenches of Okay, Let's, of Let's talk about Everything. that right now. Sorry, you guys. I don't mean to cut you off okay. again. but so Because we have to leave. We have to go in about a minute here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about there is a documentary on the Blood Good Band yes. called Trenches of Trenches of Rock. Rock and it tells and a story. Go ahead. Where can they find that? Uh, online at trenchesofrock.com. Okay. Um, and I believe that it will be streaming here pretty soon. Um I think it's Trenches of Rock film or movie, but but we'll we'll it it'll be like below. It'll be in a lower third yes. at some point when we're. If you look we'll on the screen, the people will be able to see it. Yeah, yeah. So they can connect to it. But even yeah. if they just look it up on. YouTube. But it even chronicles some of our nightclub. Some days of the nightclub and scenes. What's the yeah. name of your guys' website right now, too? It's uh, Blood Good. Uh, Blood Good Band. Blood Good Band. Dot com. Okay, but we we have a, a band camp where we do we're, we're having fun playing music and just doing silly little things. Actually, the reason we're here is because we're writing. He's writing a song with Oz, that uh, 
We've I heard doing. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing. Anyway. Oz did a great job. Called Judas. Yeah. Judas, Judas is, is dead. dead. Judas is dead. Yeah. And by the way, your husband, when I met him in Striper, he was the, one of the most wonderful, beautiful human beings I've ever met. And he has been Aww. consistently that way. He's a dear friend and he's an awesome man of God. Yeah, thank you. You know that. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, thanks for being on this episode. I really am excited to to hear the rest of the story <laughs> as we wipe our eyes. I love you guys. Thanks, you guys, for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Annie's Pink Chair. Mm-hmm.